Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. horrible thing to have to be asked to open up that conversation because parents are afraid that their child may think they're giving up hope or it's, it's just a, it's one of the hardest things in the world to do right so but parents would ask me can you come talk to my child I know you had this conversation with this child can you talk to my child and and so I just started doing it not having no idea what I was doing Lucy was still in, you know alive and but I, I just felt really comfortable with it and I think the children needed to have a grown-up who could talk about end-of-life without falling apart and crying in front of them. It was a true honor to have Beecher Grogan on the podcast this week. She is Lucy's mom and the executive director of Lucy's Love Bus in Amesbury, Massachusetts. I want to preface this episode. Our conversation is focused around end of life. Beecher was inspired to write her new book titled Together after witnessing firsthand how important it is to provide children a space to talk and be heard. This is a very sensitive topic, so please use your best judgment when deciding to listen to it. If you want to learn more about Beecher or Lucy's Love Bus, check out the links in the show notes. Welcome back to the All Mama Care podcast. Tonight, I am so lucky to have Beecher Grogan with us. She is the founder of Lucy's Love Bus uh, here in Massachusetts, and she's also a new author, and we'll be talking about her book titled Together a little bit later on in the show. So I want to give a warm welcome to Beecher. Beecher, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you tonight? I'm great, Jackie. Thanks so much for having me. Wonderful. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to talking with you. I know we talked a little bit before this, um, and I really just didn't want that conversation to end. So I'm glad that we have more time to talk tonight. Yeah, me too. So tonight we'll talk a little bit about Lucy's Love Bus. And then what I really want to get to is talk about your new book, because I think it's definitely going to help a lot of families. And I know that you have been working very hard at it, and you've been working a long time on this project. So I want to give you the platform to talk all about it. Thank you. If any listener is not in the Massachusetts area, or they are in Massachusetts and they've never heard of Lucy's Love Bus, can you give us an overview about the program as well as your daughter? 
Sure. Yeah. So Lucy's Love Bus, our mission is to deliver comfort and quality of life to children with cancer and other life-threatening illnesses. So we have several different programs. Um, We were founded by my daughter, Lucy. I always call myself the co-founder because the original vision Mm -hmm. and mission and dream was laid out by my daughter when she was 11 and uh, being treated for acute myeloid leukemia, which is the adult form of leukemia, which back during her diagnosis in 2002, she had a 50% survival rate with a 50% chance of relapse. Um, And if she relapsed, she had to have a bone marrow transplant. Um, So unfortunately, from 2002 to 2006, her story unfolded with, you know, all the worst things that can go wrong did go wrong. She did relapse. She did Mm -hmm. need a bone marrow transplant. We did not have a family member who matched. Um, And then she developed graft-versus-host disease, which if you, um, for bone marrow transplant, it's sort of the worst thing that can happen is this chronic, um, the new immune system just keeps attacking the organs of the recipient. Um, So that kept happening. So Lou was 11 when she actually founded Love Bus from her hospital bed at um, Floating Hospital for Children in Boston. And she looked around and said, you know, Mama, I've lost so many friends. She lost honestly, 22 friends, I think by the time she was 11 from the hospital, all of her hospital friends. And she said, you know, um, we stayed in touch with those moms very purposefully because I knew I had a 50% chance of walking that path as much as I hated to think about that. Um, But so she said, you know, mom, all those friends, all those moms and dads are raising money for cure, which is so important. She understood that. She said, but it doesn't do anything for us. And I said, Lou, that's kind of a harsh thing to say. What do you mean? And she said, no, mom, like right here, right now. And she was in the hospital and she said it, but she said, what about us? And she put her hands out like that. What about us? And she said, you know, right now, right here, all these children are suffering and the cure is not going to help us. Like for some of us, it's going to be too late. So she wanted to do the the right here, right now comfort that, the, you know, helping children want to keep going, want to keep going through treatment. Um, She had a lot of depression, a lot of survivor guilt during her treatment Mm -hmm. uh, because she'd lost so many friends and everyone with AML, except for one or except for two children, everyone passed. And she had a huge amount of survivor guilt. And so, you know, she just said, I want to help kids want to keep going. So I want to do things that help and don't hurt. So she, she listed it all off. I have somewhere, I have the original notes of, you know, massage and acupuncture and Reiki and meditation, yoga, horseback riding, swimming, music, art, anything that helps children want to keep going. And then her rules were, you know, everything that helps and nothing that hurts. Those were the rules. Um, Everything that helps and nothing that hurts. Nothing that hurts. Those were, so when we think now, I mean, I always think of what would Lucy do because, you know, she would be 27 in May. She's been gone almost 15 years, which is so hard to believe. Yeah. Um, But I, I knew her. She was my soulmate. I knew her so well. And so anytime at Love Bus, as it grew and grew and grew, you know, so much bigger than we ever anticipated, I would just always ask, you know, what would Lucy want? And I always knew because it's what any child, I mean, all children are so special, right? And they can tap into the the truth and the most important things. And and I just always try to think with that mind and think with that heart, like, what would she want? What would a child say if they were running this place? And so I think that's how we've stayed so true to her vision and so pure of heart because she really is guiding the bus. You know, I get to drive it because I'm here physically, but she's she's a yeah. very powerful force and I'm very, very connected to her still, thankfully. So, yeah, so we help kids all over New England. 
We do one. So for kids with cancer, we have several different programs, but for kids with cancer, they can get one-on-one grants to do integrative therapies wherever they are, whatever they need. Um, They get a thousand dollars in the first year and they are, they're able to continue to apply for more because one of Lucy's rules was we're not an insurance company and we never cut people off. We never say we're done with you. And I think that that's one of the things that makes us very special is that we're sort of a lifelong partner that as long as I'm still kicking, as long as we're here and love bus is still rolling. Um, a child could be 35 if they had childhood cancer and are now experiencing side effects and late effects from treatment and we'll yeah. still be helping them. So, wow. I got all she she sounds like she was well beyond her age, like to have such a wonderful vision and, and to know that at such a young age, exactly what she wanted carried out. Yeah. Is remarkable. The thing about her that was so remarkable was that she, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but Lucy knew she was going to die. She knew it. She, she knew the first time she would live after she relapsed, she knew she would die. Um, and you don't notice it until you, I looked at the pictures of her after it was actually at her wake that from across the room, I saw these pictures spiraling through that somebody had put together for me. Yeah. And they were just mishmashed together, you know, healthy child, first cancer, second cancer. And I saw it clear as day. The light had gone out of her eyes the second time around. And, and just some messages she left me I, that I found after she died, um, I realized she knew. Um, and that Love Bus is very much was her way of helping other children for sure. But it was also her way of making sure that I would survive. And, and she knew, you know, she knew we were so tightly bound together. I think any parent of a child with illness knows you become abnormally mm-hmm. close. Like I'm going like this with my hands. Like, yeah, I am too. I am too. Yes. Yeah. Like this, this is how we would describe it. Like, you know, yeah. I remember in the hospital one night getting up in the middle of the night with her sleeping, you know, how you stumble to the bathroom and you keep the lights off so you don't wake them up. And I looked in the mirror, the light came on and I was shocked because I saw my face. I looked up expecting to see Lucy's face. Like that's how interwoven, you know, when your child is so seriously sick, so long, um, you know, that tightly bound. And she knew, you know, that I would die if not physically, uh, spiritually, I would die if she died. Um, And Love Bus was her gift to me to say, you know, go continue, have some purpose, have joy. We'll be together again, but you got to go do your thing. And it, I mean, it, I'm so grateful every day to be able to do this for work, you know, for the first seven years I volunteered and then it got so big. I couldn't work full-time somewhere else than full-time for Love Bus and be a single parent. And so I finally, finally took a salary for it so that I could actually work full-time. And when I did, we just doubled and doubled every year for three years. It was amazing. Oh my God. So, Yeah. I mean, it's been such a journey. It's a, it's, it's kind of amazing that it's been 15 years. It, it blows my mind. Yeah. Wow. It feels like two weeks and it feels like a hundred years <laughs> all at the same time. All the same time. Yeah. Uh, I know. And, and I can relate a little bit, but I was sharing with you, you know, that Ollie has his last spinal treatment tomorrow and then 31 more days. And then he's done with treatment. And my husband and I were talking like right before bed last night and we keep, we just keep saying the same conversation over and over again that like 
it feels like it was just yesterday that he was diagnosed, but yet at the same time, it feels like forever because we've you just packed so much stuff into two years. It's a whole lifetime of, of stuff um, that he's had to go through. And it's, it's such a mind trip, like a mind warp when you're thrown into this world. Um, it really is. I, yeah. I've lost all sense of time. I, I have, it's gone. You know, everything sort of before Lucy's sickness, after Lucy's yeah. death. Um, yeah. And I, I always, since she died, I just tell people like making appointments with me is kind of, you know, I really prefer last minute because um, mm-hmm. time changes. It really does forever. Writing um, though, isn't it? It is. To be honest, I had a whole transition of emotions that I had to go through first in order to be happy about his end of treatment. Um, and now I can kind of, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel. But um, I just want to thank you so much for sharing Lucy's story and talking with us and telling the listeners about Lucy's Love Bus. You guys are, I think, about like an hour and a half away from us. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping my family with gift cards and gas cards and grocery cards, because we really, really appreciate it being living off of one income right now. It's been a tremendous help. So I just wanted to thank you so much for that. Yeah. I, I, I sort of fell off after telling you about one program, but we, we do the emergency fund now because of COVID and we help kids at the Sajni center and virtual programs. So people can look at lucysloveboss.org if they want to see other work that we do. Wonderful. I'm so glad that we could help. I mean, it's an honor to be able to walk this path with families at such an intense time. You know, it's a very private time. Often it's a very public time, but I feel like we're allowed into this inner circle to offer the support that we know families need. Uh, Just because I remember what it was like for us, for sure. And it wasn't during a pandemic. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you. I wanted to kind of transition and talk about this amazing book that you shared with me. And now I'm, I'm hope can share a couple of pages or the cover of the book, but can you tell us starting from the beginning, where did the concept of this book together come from and how did it transition to where it is now? So I've written, this is my second book. The first book I wrote was for kids who are actively um, in treatment. And that was, that's called The Lion Inside. Um, not, not a, the cancer is not the lion. The lion is the child's strength inside. Um, that was the first one. So when I write books, they're always about this. They're about sick children because <laughs> this is sort of what I do. Um, but this one, um, when Lou was sick and lots of her friends were passing away, for some reason, I became the mom on the floor that would open up the conversation about end of life with children that, you know, it it happened several times where a child was dying, the the mother or father, it's a horrible thing to have to be asked to open up that conversation because parents are afraid that their child may think they're giving up hope or it's just, it's one of the hardest things in the world to do. Right. So, but parents would ask me, can you come talk to my child? I know you had this conversation with this child. Can you talk to my child? And and so I just started doing it, not having no idea what I was doing. Lucy was still in, you know, alive. And but I, I just felt really comfortable with it. And I think the children needed to have a grown-up who could talk about end of life without falling apart and crying in front of them, you know, because these children knew they were dying. 
but weren't being allowed to talk about it for fear of upset, not, not being allowed is not the right words, but weren't talking about it because they didn't want to upset their family, you know? So, so that was sort of brewing long, long ago in like 2002. But then um, I met a young woman named Shelby. Uh, I, my years are all messed up. I think it was around 2017. I want to know probably 2016, sorry. Um, but Shelby was 17 at the time and um, was on hospice and she had a mom, it was a single mom and Shelby. They were very, very, very close. And um, the nurse called me from the hospital. It was one of Lucy's nurses. And she said, you know, this young woman knows she's dying. She really needs to talk about it. And she's not in a place yet where she can discuss it with her mom. Can you go talk to her? She needs to talk. She said, but I can't do it. I need someone who lost a child to talk to her. So I had never met the child. I went and met her um, in her home with her mom. And we talked for two or three hours and just had the most amazing conversation. It was the first time I've talked to a child that I'd never met before about end of life, but it just worked. And I I just did it very carefully coming in and saying, you know, did mom tell you that I lost my daughter, Lucy? And, you know, I can tell you about it and I can tell you about how we're still connected if you're interested. And she just like the moment she sensed that I knew and could talk about it, she just lit up. She was like a Christmas tree, just sort of like glowing. Right. And man, did she talk? <laughs> she just yeah. spilled it all out. What she wanted at her funeral, you know, um, everything, everything, asking questions about, you know, she was very concerned about who's going to take care of my mom. And I remember saying, you know, you know, that the children are always worried about that. And I said, sweetheart, you know, I will take care of your mom, but then you will like your mom, I'll help your mom learn how to hear you and how to understand you in a spiritual relationship so that you can still take care of mama. And um, they need that burden lifted desperately because it it is their huge concern is who's going to take care of my siblings, who's going to take care of my parents. And often, I mean, it's most often, unfortunately, the mom who ends up doing the work. That's what we see at Love Bus. The mom is with the child in the hospital. One parent has to be working. One parent has to be the caregiver. And they worry about whoever's the primary caregiver. They worry about that person the most, knowing that that's all that person has done for many years. But so when I left her house, I remember giving her a big hug. And she, she smiled at me and she said, I can't wait to meet Lucy. And I heard her mom go like that. And she looked over and said, no, mom, it's okay. I'll be here for Thanksgiving, but I won't be here for Christmas. I can't picture it. And I know I won't be here. And, um, and then we had a kind of a somber goodbye after that. And she died um, a few days before Christmas. And she had a wonderful Thanksgiving with her family. She was still having some good quality of life, but you know, she knew and, So she taught me children have to have this conversation. They are bursting at the seams to talk about it. Mm. Um, I've seen children as young as four know that it's happening, know that it's coming. And, and I've coached parents through saying, you know, I know it's hard to believe this, Mm. but your child knows deeply, deeply knows so what happens to kids, and this is why I wrote the book, is that 
what do parents say? What do people say? Outsider people, be strong, be positive, little Joey. And poor Joey's going, I'm going to die. And I know it. And I'm five years old. And no one's letting me talk about it. Oh. And, and it is a terribly lonely place for a child to be. And it, it literally breaks my heart when I hear about a child dying without a conversation. You know, children sometimes die from accidents, you know, age two. And I think I didn't know all these things before Lucy died, but witnessing her death, feeling so powerfully her presence and then feeling it not in her body. You know, you learn these things. And I realized this is exactly like birth. Watching her die was like seeing me give birth to her. I mean, it was so intense. And I remember you know, obviously devastating. I was heartbroken. I'd lost my soulmate. But at the same time, I remember the next morning I saw her doctor in the hospital, her oncologist. And I was in that state of shock and I was weird, you know, <laughs> I like walked up to this poor doctor and I put my hands on his face and I said, why did you not tell me? And he said, tell you what? And I said that dying and being born is the same thing. Like, why did you not tell me that? I've been so scared for four years. And he looked at me like I was a little crazy. And I, and I realized he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He hasn't lost his baby. And then I feel like that, that is such a message of the book. The book is about opening up the hardest conversation any parent will ever have with their child but it must be done. Right. And if a parent can do it, an auntie can do it. A doctor can do it. The book is a tool. It's a, it's a way to open this conversation in a very gentle, loving, positive way. There's nothing, it's a very spiritual book, but there's nothing religious about it. Um, it was written very carefully so that it embraces however people believe, whatever people believe about life and death, but it's a very positive view because because it's it's what i've experienced over and over again with you know my child with other people i've lost and then my my sharing my experience and having other people share their experiences with me um, i feel certain about this you know i feel certain that we'll be together again and that's why it's called together teacher <laughs> just l listening yeah. to your story and lucy and listening to your story of your conversation with shelby I'm completely speechless. Like I'm just so emotional over here. So blown away by everything that you've talked about. And it's very hard to even imagine losing a child. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing everything. And when your child's diagnosed with cancer right away, I don't know about you, but I just was numb. I was so numb. And to be able to walk through a cancer treatment and be able to change my mind about it and think, okay, you know, we're going to get on top of this. And then to have to turn that corner and then get a message, you know, your child's quality of life is going down. But then for you to turn it around in a positive manner and in a peaceful way. And I, I don't mean to, I hope you're not taking it the wrong way, but you're, you're doing it in such a graceful way. And I'm sure you maybe don't even feel that way, but I'm stumbling over my words because I, I can't 
communicate how amazing your story is because to be honest, I'm afraid of death. And when I did read your book, it was put in such a beautiful way that I can see how nurturing it was. And when you say it was just like birth, I mean, I have a five month old, so it, it is such a crazy time giving birth. And then for you to compare your daughter passing away to a, almost like a rebirth, it just leaves me speechless. And I, I, I'm just very not excited, but I don't know what the correct word is, but I'm just very, my heart is very full. And I know that your book is definitely going to help others open up this, what can be very scary conversation. But like you said, it's so important. And it really provides a safe space, like you said, for these children, and uh, it can be teenagers, other family members, um, to start a conversation around the next life. Something we say at Love Bus all the time is follow the child, follow mm-hmm. them. That when And Lucy taught me that when she was sick. If I followed her and listened to her, we got it right, mm-hmm. right? I followed what she needed and wanted. and. And so I do that here. And if you let children talk about it, mm-hmm. they, they, they're amazing. And, and the secret is to not be emotional yourself. And that can be hard. It's okay to cry, but you know, yeah. for the book is about sort of opening it up, letting us talk about it without huge sobbing tears, that this is a way to be curious about what's next. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Right. And so the book talks about that. We, I hope these children live forever. And they might, you never Mm -hmm. know. You can be in hospice and come back from that. But it's important to sort of let kids go there, let them express it. So at the end of the book, the book is going to come with beautiful um, art supplies. And at the end, there's writing, drawing prompts. So children can think about, you know, who do I want to know special things? And who do I want my special blankie to go to? And who's going to take care of my dog? And things that children need to process. So that the book will become, if the child passes, the book becomes this incredibly special sort of, I don't know what you'd call that, but like a- A treasure. A treasure, yeah, um, of of what the child wanted, what they were thinking yeah. about. Um, it's so important. And when I did search before writing or after writing it, it came out and then I thought, does this already exist? Do we even need it? And I have literally not been able to find a single book for dying children in the world. So I think it's so hard to talk about it that no one's really done it yet. So I'm really excited for it to get out there into the hands of the children who need it. Um, I'll sleep better at night knowing that kids can have the opportunity to talk if they need to, you know, which I think they always do. You know, dying without a conversation to me is one of the most tragic things. Losing a child is incredibly tragic, right? It's tragic enough, but not allowing them the space and peace to go with curiosity and sometimes joy. It's so hard to imagine that, but when Lou died, she had suffered for so long that for the, for some of our kids, it's it's what they want to happen. Right. It's, it's been so long and so hard and so painful that it's a relief. And that was really, really hard to see, you know, but 
she's with me constantly. She's a powerful force. And, and you learn how to have a relationship, a spiritual relationship with this person who you love with all your heart. And it's the yearning to touch and hug and kiss and hold her will never leave me. Right. Like it's 15 years and I want to start bawling right now, but yeah, but I'm so lucky that she gave me love bus and sort of kept me in this world so deeply. I have, I never escape it. Like childhood cancer. I think many people afterwards run and never look back and say, screw it. I'm never going back there. Mm -hmm. Right. And I get that. That's a completely understandable thing. But I think Lucy, I think the lessons I've learned through her were so hard won, right. That I have to be here and I want to be here. I want to share what she taught me and mm. it's healing for me, honestly, to help other children and families. So I often wonder too, you know, now that my son's treatment is coming to an end, this project, this podcast, it's like, once you, once you're in it, my heart feels like I can't, I can't leave it. It's in my blood now. Like I want to help as many families as I can. I, you know, it's going to be up to Ollie when he gets older, if he wants to share his story, if he wants to stay in, you know, stay active in this, this type of work, but, and that's up to him. But um, yeah, I, I feel the same way that once I'm in it, like I'm a part of the club, there's no undoing the club. Um, I'm already in it. So, so I, I, I share that sentiment. Yeah. And it is therapeutic to be able to help others for me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's no more, there's, there's no community more beautiful than the childhood cancer community. Like the love that I see in this community from within of all of us and from without, I mean, the, the beautiful things I see because I run this charity for kids with cancer, I see the most beautiful hearts and souls forward helping and, and I feel like, you know, if I had to lose Lou, you know, she placed me, I always say she placed me in the epicenter of love by, by having this be my work for the rest of my life. If I had to lose her, yeah. like this is the one thing that can sort of make it feel like, okay, you know, there was some beauty behind it, you know, and, and you, you kind of have to force beauty out of such a tragedy, but I feel like we've been successful. Um, and I know she's proud. Um, I know she's watching and controlling a lot of it. And I, I do feel her. I know she's happy that this is what she would have been doing had she lived. Yeah. Yeah. So can you share with us a little bit of the book? Would you be able to share a couple pages? Yeah. So I wasn't sure technology wise how we were going to do this. So I took pictures. Oh, great. <laughs> three and I'm pathetic with technology. Great. So I just sort of grabbed a couple from the middle of the book. So it starts off the ba- it, it's all very natural that I don't, um, there's lots of flowers and it's all very organic. Um, so this is kind of the middle of the book. It says, when I ask questions with my eyes, my family cries. So I look away and I don't ask out loud. I can feel their hearts breaking, but still they smile and gently encourage me to keep going. They are my first loves. I will be going somewhere else and I'm curious, what will it be like? And where will I be exactly? I want to know if I will still be with you. 
What I want most is for you to come with me, but I know that you can't. You need to stay here until it's your time. And then I think this is from the next spread. My doctor once told me that energy never dies. This fact comforts me. I imagine my unique energy returning to the universe, scattered like billions of stars in the night sky. I think about it and I wonder how that would feel. Will I be air or light or energy or vibration or stillness? Will I be love? Will I be laughter or hope or joy? Will you be able to feel me? And will you know when I visit you? One of my friends from the hospital visits her family as a butterfly and another friend appears as a ladybug. My symbol will be the wolf. Watch for me. So this is one of the most important things kids can do. I mean, imagine for Shelby, Shelby, Shelby and I had the conversation that Lucy visits as a monarch butterfly very, very clearly over, over and over and over again. I mean, I have them land on my head. I have them stay with me for hours. It just, I know it's her. It's, Mm -hmm. and so I talked to Shelby about that and, and she said, Oh, I'll be an elephant. I want to be an elephant. And so of course, you know, her mom sees elephants everywhere and I see elephants. Whenever I see elephants, I send them to Shelby's mom. Her name is Jackie too. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, that helps the child. It helps the parent and whether or not it's real, who gives a crap? Right. (laughs) I know it's real, but if anyone doubts, it's like, who cares? If it helps a family survive the death of a child, for goodness sake, Mm -hmm. let's embrace it, you know? Um, But so for Shell, I mean, for her to say, you know, I'll send you elephants, mom. You know, I, that's what I'll do. It just, it empowers children. Yeah. Um, In our family, we have my mom's mom, my grandma, she passed away when I was like four or five. And whenever we see cardinals, that was her favorite bird. Whenever we see cardinals, we know that that's my grandma and she visits us all the time. So it, it, it is so it's so comforting. It's so comforting. You really doubt it, right? I mean, it, it just happens. Um, oh, wait, I have one more page on here, this last one. So it says, if I go, I want you to live my life for me alongside yours. I want you to laugh when I would laugh, give when I would give smile when I would smile and love when I would love. You can do my kindnesses. You can be my voice. You can see and hear and sing for me and I will be with you. Um, So the book is just very gentle in that way of talking about that. Yes. I mean, if a child is reading this book, chances are pretty high that they are on hospice. But I shared this book with lots of people in the hospice community, and I got some wonderful feedback that I hadn't even thought about, that the book is not just for the dying child. It's for the whole family. It's, it's, you know, helping the siblings talk about it. It's helping parents look at it in a different light. Some of the pediatric palliative care doctors that I've spoken to have just been really, really supportive and excited to, to help get it out into the world. So, I mean, it's, for me, it's, it, it feels so good because with Shelby, I remember when I walked away feeling like, okay, how can I have this conversation with every child who's dying? Because for some reason I know how to do it. Right. And that's when I thought it's got to be a book. It's got to be a book. So it's dedicated to my Shelby who just taught me that, you know, it's scary. Believe me, when I walked in that room, I was scared to have this conversation with a child I'd never met. Yeah. 
but she showed me just how capable and how articulate and, you know, it was right there. All I had to do was look in her eyes and say, do you want to talk about it? And, you know, just like yeah. this conversation just blew my mind. Everything she thought about, you know. Because you gave her such a safe space to talk about that. You know, and her mom was there. Her mom was there and listened to the whole thing. And um, it was beautiful to see their their connection and their just having me open it up. They could talk about it, right? It, it, it was, they, it's too hard to ask a parent to do it yeah. on their own. Because everyone thinks, you know, you don't want your child to think you're giving up hope. And the child doesn't want the parent to think that the child's giving up hope. So it's in this, and doctors, forget about it. Like, I love doctors, but they're the, you know, they are in the business of life, right? It's almost impossible for them to do a great job talking about end of life, right? They're trained so, you know, not to do that. But yeah, I am. I know it, I just, I'll feel such relief when the book is out and can be in the hands of kids. I, I'm really anxious to get it. It's been six years. It's been a really long project to get it illustrated. And yeah. And so how did you find the illustrator for the book? That was Lucy, Lucy founder from, um, so Shelby and I went and spoke um, in between the time that I met Shelby and when she passed, we went and spoke at a high school where Lucy had actually gone to school for six months before she relapsed. It was a private school called Sparhawk in Amesbury. And the kids invited her to come speak because they wanted to talk to her and learn about childhood cancer. And, and she got up with me and we sat with a microphone and she just was unbelievable. In front of a hundred teenagers, this girl just sort of broke everyone open, wide open. So after the presentation, the headmaster of the school gave us a tour and we we're walking through the hallway and I saw this a, a four-piece illustration that was framed. And I just went right up to it and it was like that. Because I'd had the idea weeks ago that I needed to write the book. And then I saw the illustration and I knew that this was my person. And it was a 17-year-old child who had drawn it. And I found out who it was from the headmaster. I got the parents' information. I contacted the child and she started illustrating it and then had a few years where she went off the rails a little bit, had a really, really tough time in her own life, in her own personal life. And I just kept checking in on her and saying, sweetheart, you are the illustrator. And when you're ready, we'll do it. So it was a long, long waiting period for her to heal and come back. And then she wanted to start from scratch and twice she started from scratch. And then, you know, she finally was in a really good place. felt really good, felt like drawing again and just did it. And the, the drawings are just so powerful. Yeah. You had sent it to me prior to this uh, meeting and I was just blown away. The illustrations are, it's, it's like a dream. It's like you're looking into someone's dream and they are just so magical and they really help to portray the the emotion in the book. And I was reading it late at night and I I got chills, feature when I was reading it. I I really did. It it's such a beautiful book and I just I can't say enough about it. And um uh, when when will it be available? Well, we did a 
GoFundMe and it's still raising money. I think we're at sort of 7,000. So we, we want to do, we want to print 500. I mean, it's obviously not meant to be a blockbuster book, right? This is just for a very small community right. people. So we want to self-publish and just print 500 and, and order the art supplies and package them up and then start getting them to hospitals. So yeah. uh, I'd love to have it out in May. Lucy's 27th birthday is May 25th, and I would love for it to be out by then. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'm sure I'm sure Lucy's guiding you towards that deadline. Hey, mom, come on, we can do it. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to thank you, Beecher, so much for sharing everything about Lucy's story, about Lucy's love bus, about the Together book. I I really appreciate your time and just thank you so much for coming on and and just sharing everything with us with an open heart and open mind. And I'm just so glad that we got a chance to talk tonight. And I'm really looking forward to talking with you later on and um, just hearing about all the wonderful things that you're doing. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie. What an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you got a lot of value from it. If something from this stuck with you, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me your thoughts. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. Hop on over to my website, allmommycare.com. All, A-L-L, no periods, mama m-a-m-m-a care c-a-r-e dot com there you'll be able to check out some amazing resources to help your child and your family wherever you're listening to this take a screenshot tag me and a couple friends you never know it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today the light within me honors the light within you